Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. It's Monday morning. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with Joe Welke. Oh, hold on. Somebody didn't have the button on. <laughs> I moved it up. The button was off. So well, now you, you got to say your name again. Joe Welke, you there. checked the buttons this morning. What no, is going I didn't. on? I didn't check the buttons. I made sure that the, the big button was down, not the on button. <laughs> well, you can't blame it on me because I'm behind the screen. Uh, this is the weekender's job. Oh, okay. They play Whatever. with my buttons. I don't like it. <laughs> well, you got to be careful when you play with Chris, Kristen's buttons on I Monday know. morning, don't you? They have not met, been in my house. Oh. They don't. You don't push mama's buttons. Well, that's a given all the time, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. So did you have a good weekend? I did have a good weekend. Oh, very good. Friday night, the kids and I went and picked pumpkins for our yard. Well, how many pumpkins did you get? Uh, 18. Oh, my God. Do you have a yard yet to put yes. them on? Well, we got all sizes. So we didn't go, like, really big. And the kids like the little ones. But there's this one place. It's south of Greenwood, a few miles. It's called Four Sprouts. And they have thousands and thousands of pumpkins. I mean, as everybody does. I mean, a lot of people have lots of pumpkins. And there's Niggin View. And then there's Four Sprouts. You know, two great families right there. We always hit both. But they have Four Sprouts. I mean, my gosh, you can just get so many pumpkins. They're just everywhere. They have wagon upon wagon. I couldn't count how many hay racks filled that they have of pumpkins. So you ran out of fingers for hay racks? A little bit of both. (laughs) Well, I like the tip because I'm going to be heading over to Greenwood and Nielsville oh. on Wednesday this week. So yep. maybe I'll swing in there and I don't know that I'll come home with 18. You don't think you'll come home with 18 pumpkins? Well, maybe I should come home with 22 just so I could outdo you. Oh, right. I can always go and get more. <laughs> I live closer. Uh, yes, you do. <laughs> no, we did that. It was a beautiful weekend. You can't complain about the weather. We came up to Eau Claire on Saturday to the Glass Orchard. Did some possibly early Christmas shopping. Just had a, le- a nice weekend. I yeah, that's good. I ran down to my daughter's yesterday to make. We made some applesauce. Ooh, how was that? That was good. I get kind of a kick out of it though because when I do when I cook and I 
can things and I make stuff, I just kind of throw a whole bunch of stuff together. And she is so diligent. She followed the recipe. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't even let her mother influence her and say, hey, you can put a little bit more of that in. And she's like, nope, I'm following the recipe. So kudos to her for, yeah. for doing it the way, you know, but. Oh, wait, wait till mama's gone. Though. When mama <laughs> leaves, then things change. <laughs> But it was a beautiful weekend, and hey, we've got a beautiful start to the week. We've got a high coming today of 71 degrees. Some clouds out there tonight. Again, cloudy, 52. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 74. And then Wednesday, eh, we get some rain, but we kind of need some rain. 69 degrees. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're a few minutes before the 5 o'clock hour, and I got to tell you, this morning was critter morning, Jill. I saw a skunk. I saw some weird bird fly across my windshield. I don't know what it was, but it was moving. I saw some cats. I saw some raccoons. My deer count was kind of low. I only had like four or five because I couldn't tell, but... There is going to be one lucky hunter this year in Clark County. Oh, that's good. Oh, boy. Not wide. He didn't have a very, like, you know, rounded rack. But honestly, I thought he had two heads on top of each other. You should have. I mean, he was just tall. So there is going to be one lucky hunter out there in the backwoods. Five o'clock on 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. It's that time of the morning to check in with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. President Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are scheduled to visit Puerto Rico today in the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona. The storm hit the island as a Category 1 storm last month and dumped historic amounts of rain. As of Sunday, more than 100,000 customers were still without power. The Bidens will also head to Florida this week to see firsthand the damage from Hurricane Ian. Search and rescue efforts are ongoing in Florida as that state recovers from Hurricane Ian. Trey Thomas has more. Reports say more than 80 deaths have been linked to the storm, with most coming in the Sunshine State. Hundreds of thousands of state residents are still without power after Ian made landfall last week. Parts of Florida were hit with catastrophic flooding, causing widespread damage. I'm Trey Thomas. With the midterm elections less than two months away, President Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris addressed the Congressional Black Caucus Foundation on Saturday. Both delivered remarks at the CBC's 51st Annual Leadership Conference in the nation's capital, with Biden thanking the group for their continued support. You had my back, and I promise you all I have yours. Together, let's remember who in the hell we are. We're the United States of America, and there's nothing, nothing beyond our capacity. The administration has made a point of working with the organization on issues like voting rights and racial justice, with Harris saying that their leadership is needed now more than ever. And the opening bell rings for the first time in October on Monday morning as investors look for the markets to shake off a miserable September. They dealt with a lot of red ink last month with the Dow Jones Industrial Average closing out last week below 29,000 for the first time since 2020. At Friday's closing bell, the Dow lost 500 points to 28,725. The S&P 500 fell 54 points to 3,586. The Nasdaq dropped 161 points to 10,575. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. And that's a look at our morning news this morning. And speaking of other news, they did not mention it. The Packers won. The Packers did win. Woohoo! Finally. But it took them to overtime to do it. Uh, well, hey, a win is a win. Absolutely. I don't care if they go into double overtime, triple overtime, they're getting paid. 
They need to do their job. They need to do their <laughs> job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's been actually a long time since they've won against the New England Patriots. Yeah. So, you know, I think it was a good day. Maybe that's the start of a new trend. Oh, maybe. So now I've got trivia for you. Uh-oh. Oh, yes. <laughs> so my daughter, as we were driving up to Eau Claire this weekend, we're talking about unusual terms, you know, like shyster, Weisenheimer, you know, older terms. And she goes, okay, I've got one for you. And I'm like, okay, I got this. Knickerbocker. 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 Do you know what a knickerbocker is? All I can think of is the uh, boys' shorts that are knickerbockers. So maybe, we and should... I'm not even close. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's <laughs> so we had to Google it. I will be honest because I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, knickers are like shorts or pants or undergarments, you know, from back in the day, you know, before I was obviously born. I think even before your time too. Amazingly, I know. So they're not pants; they're like capris. But, like, from the old times, and then they'd pull up their, like, like back in the 20s, they'd wear their stockings, but they were, like, capris with, like, the cinch around, like, right below the kneecap. Right. Those are knickerbockers. Yeah, well, that's what I just said. I, yeah, so I, but you said shorts, so I was thinking, like, Well, shorts, long shorts. Long I shorts. I don't know. But that was a new, I had to think. I'm like, I, yeah. Well, I got one for you. Okay. What's shide poke? Ooh. <laughs> I've heard it. I just I can't think of what it is. It's a crane. Oh. And I don't know why my parent, my grandparents, they were always the gray ones. They were always the shide pokes. Oh, I always call them the sandhill. <laughs> well, maybe <clears throat> maybe back in Norway or something, they had to be named something different than a crane. <laughs> creativity. I don't know. Uh, yeah, creativity. You know, they probably didn't know if it was the industrial crane or the honk honk crane. What are you saying? <laughs> come on. Oh, come on. You got now, I just well, gave you, know you some the... of my heritage, and I shared something with you. <laughs> and look what happened. Boom, right at the knees. Well, you know what the international or the national bird is over in China and Japan? <clears throat> no. The crane, because they're always building. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got stuff to do. we got to get to weather, news, and markets. We can't be talking about birds. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at your weather for this Monday morning and into the week. We're looking at a partly cloudy day today with a high of 71 degrees. Tonight's going to be mostly cloudy with a low of 52. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and 74. We're going to get summer back today and tomorrow. And then tomorrow night, it's going to be a little bit cloudy with a low of 53. Then Wednesday, we got some scattered rain showers coming in with a high of 69. Wednesday night, we're going to get some showers later on with a low of 49. Temperatures in the area right now, we've got Medford at 49 degrees. La Crosse, nice and balmy this morning, 55 degrees. Marshfield at 47. Green Bay, whoo, they got their coats on this morning, 39 degrees. Rice Lake is at 54. Wausau at 47. Madison at 45. Milwaukee's at a 47 degree temperature. And right here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area, we're at 56 degrees. Time to get on the swimsuit sunscreen because it is going to be a beautiful day. We've got your markets. Those are coming up next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at our morning markets. And this morning's grain and all kinds of fun markets we brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. And Jill, kick us off. What's going on on, the mer- on your side of things? The cash fed livestock. Cash fed, ste- <coughs> fed beef steers are 138 to 159 with mixed at 90 to 137. 
Choice fed beef heifers are 136 to 155 with mixed at 80 to 135. Choice fed Holstein steers are 132 to 139 with select and silage fed at 80 to 130. Cows are 63 to 110 with bulls at 70 to 107. Butcher hogs are 75 to 89 with sows at 53 to 58. Boars are 22 to 25. Shorn market lambs are a dollar to a dollar fifteen. Unshorn market lambs are ninety-five to one hundred five. Feeder lambs are fifty to two dollars. Ewes are seventy-five to one hundred five. Small goats are ten to one hundred thirty-five dollars. Medium goats are one hundred to two hundred fifty dollars. Large goats are one hundred forty-five to five hundred dollars. And nanny goats are twenty to two hundred forty-five dollars. Wow, you're speed reader today, Miss Jill. You're having an effect on me or something. <laughs> Well, let's take a look at the Mercantile Exchange. We've got live cattle for October at 143.27. That's down 85 cents. December's at 147.05, down 72. February's at 150.65, down 70 cents. Peter cattle for October's at 174.17, down 315. November's at 174.62, down 320. January's at 175.67, down 275. Lean hogs for October's at 89.22. That's down 22 cents. December's at 76.22. Looks like it's up 50 cents. And we've got February at 79.42, up 35 cents. We have to change that ink, Jill. Well, I think you just need to make it a little bit bigger oh, because you're I reading like tiny, read. tiny, tiny, tiny numbers. Oh, I tell you, hard to find good help. <laughs> and looking at the Chicago border trade, we've got your December corn up six cents at six eighty three. Your December oats up eight at three ninety eight. November beans up six cents at thirteen seventy one. December soybean meal was down sixty cents at four oh two forty a ton. December wheat up thirteen at nine thirty four. Then on the dairy side, barrel cheese closed out on September. 29th or 30th, down four and a half cents to 220. Your blocks were unchanged at $1.96 and three quarters. Your double A grade butter was unchanged at 314 and a half. And your class three futures, September closed out, down two cents at 1985. Then October was down 19 cents to 2175. November down 18 at 2063. December down 16 at 2034. January down four cents at 2026. And then the markets were mixed into 2023. That's a look at your morning markets. And again, brought to you by... Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to take a look at some news this morning. And the Wisconsin DNR released the 2021-22 overwinter number of pack-associated wolves in the state. And they're estimating between 812 and 1,193 wolves are in the state, with a total number of packs estimated to be between 243 and 352. That's quite an estimate. The wolf population estimate is lower than the previous winter, but is still nearly as large and widespread as it has been in recent years. The average range of wolves was estimated at 66 square miles, which is similar to past years. The winter tracking surveys did show a decrease in average pack size in all zones from the previous winter. Do you have any issues with wolves? They, I have. I live in between two ridges, and they will howl back and forth. I do believe it's a bunch of coyotes, but actually I was talking to somebody yesterday, and something 
came up the driveway that was, they said, a whole lot bigger than a coyote. Oh. And that's getting a little too close. Um, I get most concerned about when we start calving. Okay. And I bring the cows in closer to the buildings because they, it, I feel, I feel safer with them. Mm-hmm. And, but a good cow, I've seen them chase coyotes out of the field real quick. Oh. And if they're a good cow, they'll protect that calf too. Well, you know, we are in the month of October. Maybe it's a werewolf. <laughs> Maybe. We were talking <laughs> Halloween this morning, weren't we? We were. You know, I guess if the boot fits, that's what you got to do. Absolutely. We're, we're planning our outfits for the 31st. <laughs> that's scary. <laughs> well, we're going to roll around a little bit because I just got pointed at. <laughs> we're going to go with some, with some more news. The 55th annual World Dairy Expo kicked off yesterday in Madison at the Lion Energy Center and has a full week lined up. Dairy Kettle Judging will start this morning at 7 o'clock with the International Junior Hosting Show and the International Milking Shorthorn Shows. Tomorrow at 7 a.m. will be the International Jersey Show followed by the International Guernsey Show and the International Brown Swiss Show. World Dairy Expo will run through Friday, and I believe there's a trade show down there. That's where Bob is headed later this week. Yes. And along that same dairy line, we're going to be hearing from Carrie Mess and Rohat Kapoor in talking about dairy products and the contests that go along with those dairy products. Excellent. So we're going to be hearing from them coming up shortly right here on Wax. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5. If you're like me, you love trying out new foods and products that you find at the grocery store. Rohit Kapoor is the vice president of product research at Dairy Management, Inc., the national milk checkoff organization. And he shares how DMI is helping to fuel the innovation fire when it comes to new products. From the southern end of the longest barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. Rohit, as part of your role at DMI, you head up the new dairy products contest. Tell me more about that. So DMI organizes this new product competition. We have been doing that for several years now and we do this competition for the university students across the United States. The students who go to food science programs per se or dairy science programs. They could even be in marketing. They could form teams uh, at the universities. Now the main objective there are actually two objectives for this farmer funded initiative which we have been doing, uh, delivering through DMI. The first main objective is to inspire the next generation of food scientists and innovators. You know, it gives college students an opportunity to experience a real-life scenario of working for a food company and help secure the next generation dairy industry innovators. This whole experience does. At the same time, not only that we are inspiring the next generation workforce for our dairy and food industry, All the winning products which come out of this help fuel innovative dairy-based products and concepts for our processors or the U.S. dairy industry. Maybe you'll not see the actual product in the marketplace, what comes out of it, but it does inspire ideas in the minds of our processors to kind of learn from those concepts and launch new products of their own to satisfy the consumer need. Rohit, this year they're focusing on products 
products that feature the calming effects of dairy. Is that right? Tell me a little more about that. The calming effects of dairy is an interesting new take on all the benefits that dairy brings to the table. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kerry. Just to uh, mention more about the competition or the contest. So this contest does have different themes. Each year we have done it. One of the ways we decide on the themes are picking what is important for the consumers, what are the thrust areas for consumers when they look for in new food products they want to consume. And as you know, especially considering the last few years, health and wellness has always been an important focus for our consumers, not only locally but globally. But the last few years obviously definitely accentuated that whole desire for looking for food products which fulfill the health and wellness needs. At DMI, our consumer research has learned that some of the key items which underpin the health and wellness area would be consumers are looking for products in immunity, consumers are looking for products in calming, which can reduce their stress levels, consumers are looking for products which help with their digestive or gut health, and then consumers are always looking for products related to their energy needs. Furthermore, if you just focused on calming per se, what uh, our research at DMI has found is there is a huge growth potential in this whole area of food products for calming through 2025. I think it's almost compounded annual growth rate of 20% is expected in this whole area. Also, there is a huge consumer interest. So the research found that almost 45% of general population is interested in products which deliver calming. If you were to just look at Gen Zs, that's almost 65% of Gen Zs are looking for products which deliver calming. Coming back to dairy products, we have found in some research that dairy products actually, especially products such as ice cream and so on, are very strongly associated with how they can reduce your stress levels. You know, they are indulgent and so on. So that's a really nice linkage. And then we thought, let's look for more innovative ideas of how we can associate dairy and dairy products in this whole area of stress reduction or calming. That's really interesting that so many people are out there looking for ways to chill out a little bit and turning to dairy. The whole idea of a glass of warm milk before bed to get you ready and sleepy, it's not a new concept. It's just something that we're exploring further. You have an interesting background because you actually, when you were a student, participated in this contest? It was way back when I was in grad school, back in early 2000s, I believe. And, you know, in grad school, it's pretty typical. You go to the lab, do your experiments, work on your dissertation, try to find theories, beat hypotheses, and so on. We come across this flyer from DMI. Similarly, the competition, I think that it was back in 2004, so it was focused specifically on those trends at that time, looking for light products or low carbohydrate was a trend, I think. So how dairy products can deliver against that trend. We looked at the flyer, met with a couple of my uh, lab mates there. We thought it was really cool. Hey, uh, so let's do it. Let's participate in this. It's a nice extracurricular. We enjoyed working on a product. We came up with the concept. Our concept was a low-carbohydrate snackable ice cream. We called it ice cream poppers. It had a chocolate coating. It had a low-carbohydrate ice cream filling in a crunchy shell. We had to do extensive reports on it, uh, come up with how we would 
go about commercializing it, what would be the technical challenges, how would we market it, how would we position the product. Not only that, we actually had to make a real product, package it in the way it would be packaged, and then ship it to the experts at DMI where it would be judged. Long story short, we actually won the first prize, so that was the cherry on top. <laughs> the story actually doesn't stop there, and that is why, you know, when we were just discussing a little bit earlier is how it adds value to the students, how it develops students and actually gets them more ready and more acceptable to the their career and the industry ahead once they go into the workforce. So there is a unique story for that too. So once the competition was done, once I graduated, uh, when I was looking for jobs, one of my first interviews, I remember sitting in the interview in front of the panel, expecting a lot of questions on my dissertation, what I did my, with my research. You know, all the questions, Kerry, were related to this this product competition, which I had participated in, won the first prize. How did I go about coming up with the product? How did I work in the team? So they learned about teamwork. How did I go about solving challenges, technical challenges? What would happen when it is commercialized and so on? So those were all the questions. And, and uh, actually, at the end of the interview, I was even offered a job. So going back to that whole memory and now coming back to me being an organizer of this uh, or administering this competition through DMI, I think about this with all the students who participate in this competition. That's such a neat story, full circle to see, you know, where you started and where you are now. Can you tell me, are there some products that have come out of this competition that did end up going to market? So like I mentioned, I think I was mentioning, you may not see actual product in the marketplace as they come out, but definitely you would see bits and pieces of the concept and also ideas which the companies have now been inspired with, whether it's related to a snackable, even when we talk about snackable ice creams, which was one of our products, you do such, you do see such products now available in the marketplace. In the past, we have had products based on dairy-based beverages, fueling energy needs for consumers. You see products like that in the marketplace. So I would say you don't see the exact product in the marketplace as, you know, students use this, uh, they enjoy participating in this competition, and then they learn a lot from it. You do see processors picking up on these new products and then getting inspired and coming up with the product of their own. And that's Rohit Kapoor. Is that correct, Jill? Rohit Kapoor? I think so. I think so. Well, some interesting stuff, though, on, you know, how everything works, the dairy concepts, some good stuff this morning. But we've got some even even better news this morning. We're going to be hearing from Rocky Olson over at the Premier Barn, and we're going to be talking about some pictures he sent me. So he'll be coming in next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's time to check in with Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. Good morning, Rocky, and congratulations. You got one heck of a trophy this weekend. Yeah, I did. I did. I was pretty excited. I got my nice bear I've been after. So. And how much did it weigh? He uh, dressed out at uh, 505, so we're anticipating somewhere between 580 and 600 live weight. So. Wow. Yeah. Yep, pretty excited, pretty happy. So, wow. I, I pretty much was running out of time to get her done. So, oh, so you're you're gonna have some good meat in the freezer then? You betcha. Awesome, you're gonna give us some, right? <laughs> I tell you what, I probably got it pretty divvied up already. <laughs> but I'll, I'll have to just get another one. 
Oh, well, that, I, I'll wait till next year. You shoot another hey. one, and we'll call it even. All these guys that help me get it in the truck, they don't work for free. Oh, so. gosh, no. No, you got to give them some of that because, yeah. That's right. <laughs> 500 pounds dead weight, like Jill just said. That's dead weight. Yep, for sure. <laughs> well, Rocky, catch us up. What's going on over at Premier Livestock? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is uh, last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We sold over 3,100 head of livestock. Uh, markets were steady. High choice and prime Holstein fed steers, 133 to 145. Select and low choice, 122 to 132. Choice beef steers and heifers, 135 to 148.50. Market cows steady to a little lower. High yielding cows from 81 to 95. Most cows 60 to 80. Uh, market bulls high yielding 95 to 113. Lower yielding 94 and down. Organic market cows sold every Monday. Higher yielding uh, cows from 90 to 109. Lower yielding 89 and down. Uh, once again last week we sold over a thousand newborn calves. Uh, most of the Holstein bull calves from 75 to 165 per head. Beef calves 150 to 415. Holstein heifer calves 10 to 90. Big week this week at Premier. Tuesday we get our special feeder cattle auction. We're also selling bread stock cows. We're expecting six to 800 head. Uh, that's also going to be our customer Appreciation Day on Tuesday. Come over, we'll have a meal. I'll have a few other things going on here. And then Wednesday, we're going to have our dairy cattle auction. Got a nice lineup for that as well. A full listing of those upcoming consignments on our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Questions, call us, 715-229-2500. Don't forget machinery auction coming up here in November. We are now open to take consignments, so you can start bringing that stuff over right away. And, uh, Kristen, that's the way things shaped up. Excellent. Well, congratulations again on your big bear, and you have a great day tomorrow for your customer appreciation. All right. Thank you, Kristen. There he goes, Rocky Olson, over at Premier Livestock this morning. We've got to get to our weather, some more news, and markets. Busy morning. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time of the morning. We're about 26 minutes before the 6 o'clock hour to check in with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea. See what's going on with our weather. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Kristen. I'm loving this forecast. You did great. Thanks. I I do what I can. Did you run into any showers on the way here? A little bit of a sprinkle. Enough to where I had to actually turn on the windshield wiper like once or twice, and that was it. Mm -hmm, So I wouldn't even call it a shower. It was more like an airplane went over. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of what I was dealing with this morning, too. And that's pretty much going to be the story through the morning. But then we'll start to uh, dry things out and give way to some intervals of clouds and sun today. But it is going to be warm uh, into the low 70s for our highs. Mostly cloudy tonight, mid-50s for our lows. And very similar day tomorrow. Maybe a few sprinkles by daybreak. But otherwise, partly sunny yet again tomorrow. Low to mid-70s for our highs. But then we start to see that cold front slowly moving in. That'll cool us down later on this week. So Wednesday looks to have a slight chance at some showers, mostly into the afternoon, but otherwise mainly cloudy throughout the day, upper 60s for our highs. Thursday looks to be very windy and much, much colder. In fact, starting off the day a little on the warmer side, but falling to about the uh, upper 40s later on into the afternoon. And winds could gust upwards of 30 to 35 miles per hour. And partly cloudy Thursday night, lows around the freezing point. Friday looks to be one of the coldest days since uh, spring, mostly sunny and highs likely not escaping the 40s. Mostly clear Friday night into the low 30s, upper 20s for our overnight lows. And then we gradually warm it up this weekend with a good bit of sunshine and temperatures into the mid to upper 50s, both for Saturday and Sunday. But right now we're looking at a few clouds hanging around and a temperature of 56 degrees in Eau Claire. I'll take the temperature. I'm not looking forward to the cold temps, but I do have to ask, 
what's going on with the leaves? I mean, you drive around, <laughs> it looks like we're peaked. Have well, we gotten there yet, or is it still coming? It's still coming. According to uh, Travel Wisconsin, they have the uh, they have the map there. We're still actually in, in patchy. I would argue that we're getting close to peak, but, uh, yeah, Travel Wisconsin for now has us uh, patchy, but I'm sure they'll probably put us near peak uh, pretty soon because some of those trees are really, really popping. Oh, they're beautiful. So you think this weekend, you know, coming up will be the weekend for, like, family pictures going out? seeing everything yeah especially since it'll be dry it'll be flannel weather it'll be just great but uh you know what happens after we get to those uh, that peak foliage all the fun of raking yes <laughs> now question can i borrow your pumpkin uh i don't know i, I want to carve that one myself <laughs> oh you're well, I, I bought 18 this weekend so oh I think my I'm gosh <laughs> okay well then i'll share one if you want to share the others okay deal deal you don't know what size they are good point <laughs> All right. Thanks so much, Mike. Absolutely. Have a good one, Kristen. You too. There he goes. Our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, this morning on Wex. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. That's right. The ladies are in the house this morning. Kristen, Jill, and Morgan McCarthy's joining us now. Good morning, Morgan. I know it's a busy day on your end, so catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today. If you had that Amber Alert come across your phone over the weekend, we do have an update for you. We can tell you a teen was found safe. And with 715 Newsroom coverage, John DeMaster brings us details. The sheriff's office yesterday canceled the Amber Alert for Chrissy King. She went missing Friday night. Deputies say she was with 22-year-old Trevor Blackburn. He was caught in Superior late last night. The sheriff's office says he's no longer considered a threat. Nobody's saying what charges could be filed in that case. I'm John DeMaster. In other parts of the state, we approach the bench with Daryl Brooks Jr. representing himself as the trial for the Waukesha Christmas Parade suspect attack gets underway. It's Judge Jennifer Darrow that explained to Brooks last week that he will not be able to retain an attorney on standby. Sounded like this. Case law makes clear you cannot act as your own attorney, right? exercise your right of self-representation while simultaneously exercising the right to counsel. Jury selection is scheduled to begin today. Brooks faces multiple charges for that November 2021 vehicle attack, which killed six and injured dozens more. An update with a Missouri man accused of killing two Wisconsin brothers from Shawano. He pled guilty in the case. Garland Nelson pleaded guilty to two counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to two life terms in prison heading into the weekend. Nelson's accused of killing Justin and Nicholas Stemo back in 2019 after they met him at his farm in Missouri to collect an over $200,000 debt. Their bodies were later found in Nebraska. Since Nelson pleaded guilty, he avoids facing the death penalty. Well, the temperature can only go in one direction from here, right? We know it's coming, but that could also mean that some assistance financially might be coming your way for those heating bills. Wisconsin is spending over $16 million to help keep families warm this winter, as Governor Tony Evers announced that heading into the weekend. That millions is being split between the Wisconsin Home Energy Assistance Program and the Keep Wisconsin Warm Cool Fund. You can find more information online and a link directly to those assistance programs at 715newsroom.com. Well, the state of Wisconsin is joining a nationwide lawsuit against pesticide manufacturers, claiming they have a monopoly. The Wisconsin Department of Justice says Syngenta and Cortiva are accused of rewarding distributors for selling more of their products than generic brands. Wisconsin is one of nine states that are involved in that lawsuit. And we have a winner. Swedish geneticist Savanto Pabo is the winner of the 2022 Nobel Peace Prize in Physiology or Medicine. 
The Nobel Assembly at Karolinska Institutet has today decided to award the 2022 Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine to Svante Pebo. And that announcement was made early this morning, and that was acknowledging his work in evolutionary genetics. Just a side note, his father also received the Nobel Prize in Physiology or Medicine in 1982, so definitely making the family proud there. And likely the same here, making their own families proud as we head back to the barn. It's Kristen Smith, Jill Welke in the Midwest Farm Show, and then right after six, Alex Edwards comes in. We'll try to, well, get a bigger shovel for that show. As we tip into a Monday together, live, local, and right along with you on WAX. 104.5. Thank you, Morgan, for the update on that. And at least that girl was found safe. That's that's some good news there when they're found safe. That's that's just good. Well, we've got to keep moving. We've got morning markets. We've got the Equity Altoona Barn coming in right shortly. we got Jim Lindsay. And Jim, catch us up. What's going on over at the Equity Altoona Barn? Choice beef steers, Neffers, dollar twenty to a dollar forty six. Choice dairy cross steers, Neffers, dollar twenty to a dollar forty three. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers, dollar thirty one to a dollar forty three. Choice Holstein steers, a dollar eighteen to a dollar thirty. Select underfinished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers, a dollar seventeen and down. Top twenty percent of the cow cows sold from seventy two to ninety. We had a top of ninety four. Sixty percent of the cows sold from fifty to seventy one. Bottom twenty percent of the cows sold from forty nine and down. Cull bulls sold from $85 to $1.05. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound up Holstein bull calves sold from $50 to $130 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $50 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $100 to $240 per head. Our next special feeder sale is Friday, October 7th. We will be featuring bred beef cows at this sale. We will also be celebrating our 100th anniversary on this sale. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder for our Cattle USA, which is available for that sale, or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock and Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. You too, Jim. Thank you so much for the update. And now we're going to head over to the Stratford Equity Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a good morning to you and Jill. Uh, just a nice morning again here, and uh, a nice day on tap today again. So uh, a couple of real good days to get some outside stuff done. I know a lot of field work yet, but uh, again, uh, busy week coming up. So uh, And then kind of Thursday uh, kind of falls off the table, I guess, huh? <laughs> I guess. That's when it's going to get cool, and Friday's going to be cold, and only a high in the 40s. Well, it's, uh, I mean, we're in Wisconsin. We have uh, clothes for every week of the year just about, huh? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Well, so I, I guess it's probably safe to say we can put away the uh, bikinis and swimsuits and stuff like that, huh? No. Jill's no? going to bust hers out later today. She's ready. She's going to go Uh-oh. fishing, swimming. We're not done yet. We're from Wisconsin. Uh-oh. Well, today might be okay, but I don't know about Thursday. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, maybe if we double-dog dare her, maybe she will. Uh, Yeah, make sure you get pictures, too. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, Jerry, catch us up. What's going on over at the Stratford Equity Barn? We better do that before we get into further trouble here. And uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I thank you, ladies, and a very good morning to everyone. And, and this will be the sales schedule for this week here at Equity Stratford. We're looking for a busy week on tap. And, of course, we will get started uh, right away this morning with the market auction. And on Monday here at Stratford, we do sell conventional market cows along with fed cattle and uh, market bulls. We'll get to those baby calves around 1130. And just taking a peek at last week, mostly steady trend on, uh, on the uh, calves, uh, a little bit weaker on the bull calves at the end of the week. Also 
also the same on the cows. But anyway, we'll see what happens today, and we'll report on that tomorrow. Anyway, moving ahead to Tuesday of uh, this week, uh, tomorrow here at Equity Stratford, busy Tuesday. Hay auction will start at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, and that will be followed by the dairy auction tomorrow. And also on Tuesday, uh, market auction, we do sell organic market cattle every Tuesday, along with the conventional market cattle. That will all be tomorrow. We'll move ahead to Wednesday. Our auction on Wednesday starts around 10 in the morning here, full marketing day on Wednesday, including market cattle, sheep, hogs, and goats, baby calves. And this week, we do have that special bed beef cow sale here at Equity Stratford. That'll be around a noontime start. And uh, we also uh, will be selling feeder cattle. We do have a nice run of feeder cattle lined up also, along with the bread beef cows. So, folks, if you got bread beef cows, uh, let us know. We'll put them on the consignment list. We also will be selling breeding beef bull on that on that, on that day. So, again, that will be Wednesday this week at uh, uh, 12 noon for the special bread beef cow sale. Thursday auction does start at 11, full marketing day on Thursday, along with the baby calves. So uh, that's what's going on this week at Stratford. Looking for a busy week. Uh, like I said, the first couple, three days are going to be pretty nice. Uh, Thursday is going to be a little bit chillier, so we'll maybe get into fall. So anyway, you ladies have a nice day, and we'll be back here tomorrow morning giving updates on the markets. And uh, with that, I guess uh, we'll have to talk to Bob about the episodes in Madison over the weekend. It wasn't too pretty at Camp Randall. So. Yeah, <laughs> no. we're. I'll let you deal with Bob on that. We just know that the Packers got a W, so that's good news there. Yes, they did, and they were fairly lucky. And uh, uh, I'm not a fan of Bill Belichick, so hopefully uh, we escorted him out of Wisconsin as soon as we could. <laughs> <laughs> Police escort would be better. Yeah. All right, you ladies have a nice day, and I thank you. Thank you. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Stratford Equity Barn. We've got more markets, weather, coming up next. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And before we get to more markets this morning, we actually have a rainfall report, Jill, and catch us up. Who's it from and what they say? We got the September rainfall from Greg Coleman'sberger at Coleman'sberger Farms of Loyal. And he... Let us know that he got 3.19 inches of rain in the month of September. The high was 83 on the 1st and the 2nd. The low was 28 on the 28th. Beans are ready to go, and corn is drying down nicely. Yes. And that's what I noticed. I went down to Portage, and there's actually a bunch of soybeans that were off even on mm-hmm. my way down. Yeah, even in Clark County, a lot of beans are off now. That's good. Get that stuff rolling. Exactly. It's dry. Get it out there before that rain comes. Well, let's take a look at our morning market, shall we? We're looking at the Chicago Board of Trade. We've got your December corn up six at six eighty three. December oats up eight at three ninety eight. November beans up six at thirteen seventy one. December soybean meal was down sixty cents at four oh two forty a ton. December wheat up thirteen at nine thirty four. Looking at the dairy side, barrel cheese closed out on Friday, down four and a half cents to two twenty. Your blocks were unchanged at a dollar ninety six and three quarters. Double A grade butter was unchanged at three fourteen and a half. And your Class 3 futures, September closed out, down 2 at 19.85. October down 19 at 21.75. November down 18 at 20.63. December's down 16 cents at 20.34. January down 4 at 20.26. And then the markets were mixed into 2023. Country elevators in the area, we've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 6.29 for corn. Baldwin's at 6.24 for corn, 12.92 for beans. Duran's at 6.14 and 12.82. Mondovi's at 6.19 and 12.92. Elmwood's at 6.24 and 12.97. Fall Creek is at 6.09 and 12.67. 
Asios at six twenty nine for corn, twelve ninety seven for beans. Elk Mound is at six twenty four and twelve ninety. Sparta is at six thirty four and twelve ninety three. Ellsworth is at six oh four for corn, twelve sixty seven for beans. Ethanol plants in the area. Boyceville's at six thirty one. Stanley's at six thirty three. New Richmond is at six thirty one. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report, available at waxradio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at waxradio.com. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Don't worry, you didn't get rid of us that soon. I just clicked the wrong button. That happens. So now we're going to head over and check in with Bob. He had a chance to speak with Dr. Dan Undersander on our next alfalfa update program on the frost. What do we have to worry about with the alfalfa? About a week or so ago, we had a good hard frost a night or two, and that took care of uh, some of the crops. But what about alfalfa? Let's talk about that with Dan Undersander this morning. Dan, of course, our state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And uh, Dan, does frost affect uh, alfalfa the way it does corn and soybeans, or is there a little bit of a wiggle room there? Yes, Bob. Uh, clearly, uh, different species of plants freeze at different temperatures. And alfalfa is more resistant to frost uh, because we're really talking about the crown near the ground and the taproot and so on. The important thing to remember is that we'll start getting frost at about 32 degrees. You can see the white on the grass in the field throughout the fall, but that's not enough to do any damage to alfalfa. And even we've had some 26 and 28 degree nights, and again, that will start uh, freezing some plants, and uh, you will see some leaves fall off, even of alfalfa. But it's not enough to really put the plant into dormancy until we get down to a night of about 24 degrees. And we generally need to be at that temperature for four or five hours. One of the things that you clearly see at this time of year is uh, first that the canopy itself is an insulating factor. So the more above ground growth you have, uh, the warmer that the area down near the soil stays on these freezing nights. The second thing to keep in mind is that the soil itself is an insulator. And so the surface soil temperature and the temperature of the soil several degrees in the fall warmer at a little greater depth. That's why we need a low temperature of 24 degrees and we need a fixed period of time. If it just goes down to 24 and jumps right back up, that may not cause a problem, but uh, it needs to go down to 24 and stay there for three or four or five hours overnight in order to really put the alfalfa plant into dormancy. As we're um, looking at our alfalfa then, anybody who is thinking of taking a late fall cutting, uh, I would encourage them to look at the weather forecast. And if we are going to have that cold of a night, then it might be worthwhile to cut some of these fields before the killing frost. Our concern is how much the plant will grow after it is cut in the fall and how much carbohydrates it will use up. But when it stays cool like this, it doesn't grow much. And uh, if we know that we're going to have that killing frost in uh, 
a few days, then it won't have much time to regrow and use up those carbohydrates. The reason I suggest that is because usually hay or haylage making is better a few days before a killing frost than it is days after a killing frost. Uh, The hay won't dry as well after the frost. We can have a number of other circumstances occurring. So do consider the temperature it takes to actually put the plant into dormancy. It won't kill it. It goes into dormancy. And then consider our management for that, whether we're going to harvest a little before the killing frost, allegedly of 24 degrees, or whether we're going to wait till after that frost occurs. It's weather time. As we get into the area of the year when uh, frost can happen at any time. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us on our next Grow Alfalfa update program. Thank you, Bob, so much for that interesting stuff on that frost with the alfalfa. And like I said before, we're at 56 degrees right now in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls Menominee area. It sounds like Jill's going to go fishing later. <laughs> yeah, good chance of it. Maybe swimming. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) See, I knew it. Looking at a high of 71 today. Tomorrow we're looking at a high of 74. And then Wednesday it's going to cool off. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadah. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.